It is Wednesday, my dudes. I was gonna do the scream, but then I'd have to move away from the mic and then come back, and I'm not feeling that high energy today, so... I mean, that's probably a good thing you guys don't want to hear me yell. Uh, anyways, welcome to Olympia Oddities. Uh, I don't really have any pre-show notes today, except for I have a new ad up about Anchor voice messaging, and I just want you guys to know that I totally want you guys to use that or DM me if you have, like, a story. Maybe you were out in the woods and you saw Bigfoot while you were camping, or he threw a rock at you, or he yelled whoop, or (laughs) you saw a UFO or anything weird, or you just- even if you've just experienced anything that's, like, weird and doesn't really fall into, like, any of those categories but is still- odd, maybe I should say, that happened in or around Olympia or, you know, like the greater Pacific Northwest area. I've been including like Canada and also Alaska. I don't know if those are technically Pacific Northwest, but we're going with it. I'll probably include Idaho stories too because, um, you know, Idaho, they gotta be included for once, right? Sorry, that was mean. Uh, let's get right into this episode, though. So today, I'm gonna be telling you about a cryptid who's our neighbor to the north. He's got a real fun name, and several stupid songs written about him. Ogopogo. Okanagan Lake is a large, deep lake in the Okanagan Valley of British Columbia, Canada. It's a fjord lake, meaning it was carved out by repeated glaciations. It's about 84 miles long and between two and a half to three miles wide. On nice days, the shore is covered by families barbecuing and enjoying the water. It might also have a monster living in it. The most common description of Ogopogo is a 40 to 50 foot long sea serpent resembling an extinct Basilosaurus or Mosasaurus. And if you can't picture what that looks like, um, think of Jurassic World. Think of that thing that they kept in that weird like uh, sea world tank that they like fed the great white shark shark and it jumps out and like eats it and then spoilers for jurassic world it jumps out and like eats the indominus rex at the end of jurassic world um yeah i did once again work jurassic park back into my podcast that has nothing to do with that and i'm kind of proud of myself and i'm not gonna stop um but that's our boy ogie so he is described as dark and sometimes as having multiple humps with green black brown or gray skin The head is said to look like that of a snake, sheep, horse, seal, or even an alligator. Some eyewitnesses say that it has ears or horns, others don't. Many sightings simply describe a featureless log that came alive. There's about five to seven sightings per year, more than any other freshwater lake monster. John Kirk of the British Columbia Scientific Cryptozoology Club said, The catalog of films and video of Ogopogo are more numerous and of better quality than anything I have personally seen at Loch Ness, and I believe several of them are very persuasive that a large, living, unknown creature inhabits the lake. And I just love that because it's like throwing shade at like Nessie, like, oh, like, you might be more famous, but we're more real. I don't know, just like the tone of that was very like, hmm, shade. For many cryptozoologists, Ogopogo is the best documented and most likely of all the lake monsters. Ogopogo, some believe, has its roots in native Canadian legends of a spirit called Naha'it, and I'm probably pronouncing that totally wrong, but I'm trying my best, um, that would demand a live sacrifice from travelers for safe passage across Lake Okanagan. They would bring chickens or other small animals to kill and drop into the water to assure a safe, safe journey. According to them, the beaches would be littered with the carcasses and bones of the monster's other kills. 
Primrose Upton, in the history of Okanagan Mission, noted that none of the indigenous people would fish near Squally Point. When Europeans settled in the area, they too feared the aquatic monster and supposedly continued the custom of sacrificing an animal to the monster. According to Ogopogo expert Arlene Gall, armed settlers patrolled the shoreline in case of attack by the monster. So they took it pretty seriously. They took it as if there was a real creature living in the lake. In 1854, it is said that a settler named John Dugan neglected to give a sacrifice to the monster while crossing the lake. He was crossing with a team of horses, and suddenly a great force sucked them down into the water. Realizing his canoe was still attached, he cut himself free, narrowly escaping death. But now, before we get into how Nahatik became Ogopogo, we have to get into how Kel Oniwan became Nahatik. According to Dave Parker, a notable First Nations storyteller, Kel Oniwan murdered a vulnerable old man with a club. The gods decided that the murderer's punishment was to change Kel Oniwan into a lake serpent, a restless creature who would forever be at the scene of the crime where he would suffer continued remorse. He was left in in the custody of the lake goddess and known as Nahatik, the remorseful one who must live in the lake in the company of other animals. It is said that the only other animal that would tolerate his company was the rattlesnake. There are pictographs located near Powers Creek that some feel depict this being. In 1914, a group of indigenous people discovered the decomposing body of an unidentified creature across from Rattlesnake Island. It was about five to six feet long and estimated to weigh 400 pounds. It was blue-gray, with a tail and flippers, and an amateur naturalist in the area felt that it was a manatee. No one knew how such a creature could have gotten into the lake, and lake monster expert Peter Costello has hypothesized that the carcass was actually an Ogopogo, as the details of this mammal with flippers and a broad tail and dark color are all that that we would expect, but the carcass was mangled so much that the long neck was already gone. According to John Kirk of the BC Scientific Cryptozoology Club, in the 1920s, Ogopogo appearances were commonplace and the animal was regarded as just another member of the local fauna and not a mystery. Its reality was so strong to the Okanagan Lake residents that when they built ferries to take residents from Kelwona to West Bank, there was concern that the ferry needed to be armed with monster-repelling devices to ensure passenger and crew safety. So you're probably wondering how this monster that everyone was so afraid of got a name like Ogopogo. Well, it's still unclear, but Robert Colombo in his book Mysterious Canada notes that the pogo stick was a popular craze since its introduction in 1921, and this might have contributed to its name. Um, and according to historian Mark M. Orkin, according to canon, this is his words, canon, this is canon, hard facts here, the creature received its name on a night in 1924 when the strains of an English music hall song were first heard in the city of Vernon, British Columbia. And now, I don't know if I should try to sing this, because I can't sing, so I'm probably just gonna William Shatner my way through these, but Orkin cites the following lines from the song. His mother was an earwig, his father was a whale, a little bit of head, and hardly any tail, and Ogopogo was his name. And that's not the only song, that's not the only story of a song creating the name that I found. According to Mary Moon, author of Ogopogo, the Okanagan Mystery, in 1924, a local named Bill Brimblecombe sang a song parodying parodying the popular British tune, but he had the lyrics, I'm looking for the Ogopogo, the funny little Ogopogo. His mother was a mutton, his father was a whale, I'm going to put a little salt on his tail. 
And let me tell you, don't look that up on YouTube because it will get stuck in your head because it goes, I'm looking for the Yogo Pogo and dude. Oh, and I found a completely unrelated to the history of the name song, but just a song about Ogopogo. One second, I have to find this dude. It was so funny. Um, this dude made this, like, entire, like, the Paranormal Song Warrior on YouTube made this song called the Ogopogo Monster Song, and I've been singing it to myself nonstop for the past two weeks. It seriously just is, like, it's the Ogopogo, Ogopogo Monster, and- it's genius. You made an entire album about cryptids. There's one about the Thunderbird. I'm really upset that I didn't discover this until now. Um, go check it out. It's great. You guys heard my terrible, awful singing now, and I'm embarrassed. So, now that we've learned the backstory of how Ogopogo might have come to be, let's get into some sightings of this creature. There are archival records of Ogopogo's existence going back to 1872, and sightings have been reported regularly up until the present. In 1926, 30 cars of people around the lake spotted the monster, making it one of few cryptid sightings seen by such a large amount of people. When recalling the experience, the witnesses all described the same thing, a large series of humps moving through the water and creating a wake. On July 2, 1947, a number of boaters saw the monster simultaneously. One of the witnesses, Mr. Cray, described the animal as having a long, sinuous body, 30 feet in length, consisting of about five undulations, apparently separated each from each other by about a two-foot space, in which that part of the undulations would have been underwater. There appeared to be a forked tail, of which only one half came above the water. From time to time, the whole thing submerged and came up again. On July 17, 1959, Mr. and Miss R.H. Miller and Mr. and Miss Pat Martin saw a tremendous creature with a snake-like head and a blunt nose swimming about 250 feet behind their motorboat. The group watched as the unknown animal or the, the group watched the unknown animal for over three minutes after it which submerged. In 1968, Art Folden filmed what is claimed to be footage of the alleged creature, showing a large wake moving across the water. Folden had noticed something large and lifelike out in the lake and pulled out his camera to capture it. He filmed something creating a large wake in the lake. Computer analysis of the footage concluded that it was a solid three-dimensional object. A subjective investigation conducted by Benjamin Radford with Joe Nickel and John Kirk for the National Geographic Channel TV show, Is It Real?, in 2005 revealed that the object Folden filmed was indeed a real animal, but its size had been greatly overestimated. It was probably a waterfowl or a beaver too far away to be identified. Others still consider this video compelling evidence that the lake is home to a giant beast. In the summer of 1989, hunting guide Ernie Garreau and his wife were standing on the banks of Okanagan Lake when a bizarre animal emerged from the otherwise calm waters. It was about 15 feet long and swam real gracefully and fast, Garreau told the press. The Garreaus claimed to have seen an animal with a round head, like a football. At one point, several feet of the creature's neck and body came up out of the water. The Garros saw the monster at the same spot where, in July 1989, British Columbian car salesman Ken Chaplin took a video of what he described as a snake-like creature about 15 feet long and dark green in color. When the interviewer asked Garros if he could have possibly mistaken another animal like a beaver for the monster, Garros said, I've seen a lot of animals swimming in the wild, and what we saw that night was definitely not a beaver. In 2011, a cell phone video captured two dark shapes in the water. Benjamin Radford analyzed the video for Discovery News and concluded that 
The video quality is poor and the camera is shaky, but a closer look at the 30 second video reveals that instead of one long, long object, there are actually two shorter ones and they seem to be floating next to each other at slightly different angles. There are no humps, no head, nor form, only two long, darkish, more or less straight forms that appear to be a, that appear to be a few dozen feet long. In short, they look a lot like floating logs, which would not be surprising since Lake Okanagan has tens of thousands of logs harvested by the timber industry floating just under the lake surface. In September 2018, there was three Ogopogo sightings in the span of a few weeks. Bill Stukiek, a multiple-time witness himself, runs a website to, to keep track of the sightings. He said, there haven't been a lot of Ogopogo sightings lately, which is the problem. Then all of a sudden you have three in three weeks. Totally amazing. The first was when brothers David and Keith Haubauer were standing on the shore of Lake Okanagan having a picnic with their families on September 12th, 2018. They took a video and David Haubauer estimated the giant snake to be about 15 meters or 50 feet long and big enough that he didn't think he could wrap his arms around it. I love that unit of measurement. Just, I, I don't think I could give it a hug. <laughs> when you're sitting by the beach on a sunny day, you don't expect to see a dinosaur come out of the water. I saw this black form come out of the water, um, syngilical, and then roll. The second September sighting was on the 9th. Oh no, I lost my spot. Hold on. Oh no, we gotta fill the time, we gotta fill the time. Okay, the second September sighting was on the 9th when Andrew S., an amateur photographer, snapped a picture of something in the lake. I was sitting on the shore of Bluebird Bay on a quiet Sunday. I'm an amateur photographer and I love catching images on the lake. A large moving object suddenly reared out of the, reared out of the lake and moved quickly from left to right in my view. As you can see in my picture, there is a boat in the distance towards Squally Point, but nothing else. Certainly no boats large enough to kick up such a wake. The final sighting that month was September 18th, when Ogopogo was seen by a man, called Martin, who was working on the 22nd floor of a new high-rise condo near the lake. I noticed that there were not many boats in the water on a weekday and how calm the water was. I saw something in the water that is very hard for me to explain. It looked like a giant snake breaching out of the water barely enough to make pretty big waves in and around it. There were no boats in the area and the water was very, very calm. I told a co-worker co to look out at the water in the area in question, and my co-worker was looking and seeing what I was seeing and was also dumbfounded. No photos were taken, but they reported it being 30 to 50 feet long, and it surfaced for about two to three minutes. So now, let's get into some possible explanations for all of this odd activity. So Lake Okanagan's geological features create long, unusual waves that can look exactly like the monster, down to Ogopogo's signature series of humps. In other cases, a sighting of a moving hump in the water is not an aquatic optical illusion, but instead something almost as mundane. Floating logs. This is easy to dismiss until you've actually reviewed dozens of sighting reports and read what eyewitnesses after eyewitnesses describe as straight, featureless logs that seem to be floating in the waves. Other sightings may just be misidentified sturgeons, beaver, oarfish, or other wildlife. If there was a breeding population of the creatures in the lakes, you would expect to find carcasses and bones when they die off. The lake has been searched several times, most thoroughly in a 1991 expedition that looked for the monster with high-tech devices, including a remotely operated vehicle and a miniature submarine. The pilot took the vehicle to a depth of 840 feet along the bottom of the lake at the deepest part, but no Ogopogo were sighted, nor did the submarine discover any carcasses or bones. Even if Ogopogo doesn't exist, he's very real in the hearts of those that live near the lake. 
Tourist shops along the lake sell plenty of Ogopogo-themed hats, t-shirts, mugs, and plush toys. A Canadian postage stamp depicting an artist's conception of the Ogopogo was issued by the government of, Com of, Comanida, of Canada in 1990. There's a few statues of him looking cute and cuddly for tourist photo opportunities, and uh, good old Yu-Gi-Oh! even introduced a card called Danger Ogopogo in the set Savage Strike as part of the Danger Archetype, which are all based on cryptids, which I wasn't really an, a Yu-Gi-Oh! kid, but a lot of my friends were, so that's pretty cool. Thanks for listening to another episode of Olympia Oddities. Think twice when you're gonna do that cannonball into the lake this summer. Hit up the Instagram and the Facebook at Olympia Oddities Podcast for updates on the episodes and memes and local news stories, stuff like that. And uh, follow my personal Instagram at Tristajean if you want to. Bye and until next time. <laughs>